Uh, thanks, guys. How exciting. Legacy. Legacy is, in my mind, is what, what, what you leave behind. Le- legacy is all about uh, what comes after you. Some of the things that I think we, if, if we, basically, if we live this life and we finish it and then things carry on as if we weren't here, how's a polite way of saying this? You wasted your time. You, you've missed an opportunity. Um, I just want to, I've got a, a, a quote here by a, me. No. <laughs> it doesn't work right when you say that. It's, uh, basically what I'm saying is I want to read something I wrote. That's what I want to. It says, our faith is rooted in the fact that God is good, it, that God is a good loving father who wants to be good to you. We need to believe that. Our faith is rooted in the fact that God is a good loving father who wants to be good to you. It, it, the very cornerstone of our faith is uh, that we believe God is good, that he is a good, loving father who wants to be good to us. If we don't believe that, we, we have no faith. We, we do not have faith. Uh, the scripture says, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That God loves us. He's loving uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That He rewards. That He's, uh, he, he's good to people. He's good to people. He's good to His kids. Uh, and Proverbs 13.22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a, sinner's, uh, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. We're focusing on the first part there. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. If we believe God is good and a good person leaves an inheritance, uh, how much more is a good God going to leave an inheritance? Amen? Amen. Um, we, we have challenges with this idea that God's good. Sometimes we... Uh, we equate our circumstances with the character and nature of God. We sometimes say, well, if I'm experiencing this, how could God be good? If I've got these health issues, how could God be good? If I've got these family issues, how could God be good? If I've got these finance issues, how could God be generous? How could I? And, and we, put our, we, we attribute our circumstances to God's nature and we... And essentially, we categorize him by our ex- present experience or our past experiences. And that is not faith. That is us actually assuming we know everything. That is us actually saying, I dictate terms. That is us saying, I, I am the one who calls things as they are. My experiences determine what is. My present reality is the uh, the preemitor for what is. And that is not faith. Faith is, even though I don't understand it, God, because you say it, I believe it. Hebrews 11, uh, chap- uh, chapter 11 and verse 11 says that, uh, we're talking about Sarah, is saying that she considered him who said it faithful. Even though the words didn't make sense or the promise was amazing or it did not line up with circumstances, 
It says this is basically what faith is. It says that she considered him who said it to be faithful. And, and Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. So faith is not declaring is your present reality as the overarching nature of God, as the final word. Faith is saying God's word is the final outcome. I like to put it like this. Uh, the word of God is history written ahead of time. And, and that's faith. Like I, I've had times where I remember preaching about the goodness of God. I was at a conference and there was a guy, one of the preachers there was a world famous guy who's preached, big, still preaches in some of the biggest churches in the world, sitting next to me. I was wearing my wedding suit with holes in my shoes, getting up talking about how good God was. And can I tell you that I was not feeling or experiencing how amazing God was at that point. I'm looking at a guy, I'm sitting next to a guy who had it all in my mind who knows what was going on behind closed doors for him who knows the personal challenges the business challenges the financial challenges the family challenges who knows what his deal was but it's so easy for us to look and think and here I was with holes in my shoes I remember I was always careful like I'd go to put my my, my foot on my knee and I'd pop it down making sure but the fact is is that I had a choice at that point to get up and say God is good or I could say, God doesn't take care of his kids. And I don't, I, there was a crossroad there. And one of them was, I could either get up and lie. But I value, I value this pulpit too much to get up and lie. I got up in faith and said, God is a good God who loves his kids. And the truth of it is, is yeah, I was sitting there in my wedding suit. But do you know what that meant? That God gave me a beautiful wife. Yeah, my shoes had holes in them, but you know what that meant? I had shoes. There were a lot of people that were a lot worse off than me. Amen. It says, our faith is rooted in the fact that God is a good, loving Father who wants to be good to you. And a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. The father heart of God is to leave an inheritance for his children's children. That's the father heart of God. And to really, really, really understand this. In, in uh, Paul's letter to the, church, uh, to the Galatians, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us, as for it is written, Cursed is anyone who hung on a pole. This is talking about the communion that we just did that the story of the cross that that daniel just just walked us through he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to abraham might come to the gentiles through jesus christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the holy spirit he's saying that jesus died so that we that the blessing 
there's a, a, a passage, and well, I'll read the, ne- the next verse down will, will help clarify this, and we're, we're still in Galatians 3, now 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This guy Abraham was given a promise of God that he would be an heir of the world. And it was to his seed. What does that mean? That means his family tree. Problem with that is, is you and me, unless we're Jews or got some Israeli in us, we're not part of that natural family tree. We're not. But God is a bigger thinker than that. He said, I, because what did the scripture that we started with say? He said, for God so loved the world. Not the Jewish race, the world. Not limited to one people group. And then we say, so Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who hung, is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith, we might receive the, Holy, the promise of the Spirit. Jesus, God sent Jesus to die so that we can be heirs along with Abraham. And another place it tells us that we are co-heirs with Christ. The whole purpose of Jesus coming was to qualify us to be heirs. What did we read before? A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. God is bent on leaving you an inheritance. He is bent on it. He sent his son so that he could leave you an inheritance. That's why he did it. He would not have done it otherwise. There are a lot of reasons that we can read and understand why Jesus died for us and what it brought us and the, 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 the blessing and the st- all the different parts of the, the, the finished work of Christ. But what qualifies us for all of it is the fact that we are heirs. Is the qualifying factor was the, that the whole all of it comes into this one single word, heir. You and I are heirs. God did all of the, the whole point of the cross was so that God could leave you an inheritance, but not just you, as His child, not just you. What does it say? His children's children. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. I'm the only one. Me and whoever clapped over there. Yeah, we got it. When we get this, when we understand this, our response is legacy. Our response is the generations. Our response is the same as God's. Why? Because we caught what he's got. When you get something from someone, you have what they've got, which makes you like them. And what is that? that makes you and I a good person. Do you know that the scriptures, that the whole premise of the gospel is that God's righteousness is now on you. That's what qualifies you to be an heir. God's like, okay, you're not good enough. Let me just, my, my son's died in your place, taken your penalty. And now his goodness is on you. Your penalty's on him. Your sin's on him. Your failure's on him. His perfection's on you. It's called the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are. Now, a good person. And what does a good person do? They leave an inheritance for their children's children. A good person is about legacy. A good person 
is about the generations. It's part of your nature. It's part of your new nature in Christ. You're just like your dad. Now, a lot of us have heard that as a bad thing. But now when, we, when you hear that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You're just like your dad. I, I used to hear you're like your dad and it was a bad thing. But you know what? I, when I talk to my daughter, I say, you're just like your mom. That's not a bad thing. Or when the, the boys are doing cool things and, and, and Melissa will say to me, that's like your dad. That's a good thing. You guys are like your dad. You're like your dad. You have your father's nature. You have the nature of God. You have to get this. What happens when you get it? You become a legacy-minded person. Now, I just want to help you guys get it because we have, I, I can't just, because this is not an easy thing to get in all ways. So I can't just jump to where I want to go without taking you there. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, I believe the most, I always say the best and most important, but this one here, transform my life. This is definitely the best one. No, I'm serious. Like this used to be like my password. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Let me just go and change my passwords now. Not for you, some of the people online maybe are just learning still. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son. While you were still a sinner, he did everything. That's this love. We're still in Romans chapter 5. For if by the, tr uh, the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness, remember we're talking about that gift of righteousness, where you are now the righteousness of God, all the goodness of Christ is put on you. The provision of grace is talking about this, uh, you didn't deserve it. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. You didn't deserve it. It was an unmerited favor. It was a gift that you didn't deserve, that God gave you. And with that gift came, with that gift came the fullness of God, the full authority of God, the full power of God is with you. It says here that those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man. God has given that to you. He's given you that. death reigns pretty hardcore. Like you don't have to look far. You, tick, you turn on the channel 10 news and you find just how well death reigns. It says here, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and his gift of righteousness reign? He's saying he's got something amazing for you guys. He's got something amazing for his children. Now, when we get this, when we start to get this, that we are the righteousness of God, that we have this amazing ability, this power, this authority that God has given us to transform the world, what happens? We become legacy-minded. We, 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 we think about the generations. Let me show you. John chapter 13. It was just before Passover. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own uh, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Oh. As I was going over my notes, as I was sitting there, I'm like, Jacob, you're going to have to really make an effort just to go straight through this. Oh, focus, Jacob. He loved them to the end. This, this is so pregnant, this, this section. 
The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, this is, what we're, this is the thing guys, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was re- returning to God. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He knew his authority. He knew his power. Remember, we just learnt that those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and his gift of righteousness reign in life more than death. That's the power you've got. That's the authority you've got. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. Remember, we've already read here that Jesus died so that we can become his children that we can become children of God. So we know, like Jesus knew, that we come from God and we're going to God, that we're his children. Jesus had a revelation. A full, you're talking about the guy who was the greatest prophet to ever live, not just a prophet, but God incarnate, born of a virgin, raised as a man, walking with no, no advantage, no advantage as, as a person. Received baptism of the Holy Spirit, transformed the world. Just launched a three-year just period of just amazing ministry where miracles were happening, where, where people's uh, paradigms were being totally chucked on their head. And it was just this, this season. He had no advantage through that season that you or I have. And, and he's saying at that point, the fullness of his understanding was he knew who he was. He knew whose he was. He knew what he had in him. And, and guys... You, the scripture says that as he is, so are we in this world. It says that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. This life I live in, the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In God's mind, in God's eyes, there is no difference between you and Christ when he's walking the earth. Like this is, Jesus is saying here that, the scripture is saying here that when Jesus knew who he was, knew that he had full authority, knew whose he was, knew where he'd come from and where he was going, This is his response. The evening meal was in progress and uh, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And this is his response. So he got up from the meal. So he got up. He knew this stuff. So he got up. He got up because he knew that stuff. That is what compelled him to get up. And what did he do? He took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He got up and served. It's great. It's good. Proper response to a revelation of who you are, whose you are, what you have, what you carry. But what does the scripture say? A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's because Jesus just gave a tremendous gift to his children, the, to his children's children, generations. Let's look at this, verse 15. This is what Jesus said after this had all happened. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. He had this revelation of everything God had done, of everything he was, in, everything he was 
the fullness of, of, of the authority he was walking in, the, the, f- the fact that he was divine, the fact that he, was, uh, he had come from heaven, that his Father in heaven loved him, that had poured everything on him. And he was going back to be in that place, or that, 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 that seat beside the Father. And that's where you're, you know the scripture says that, is that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus' response from that was to serve, but then to say, now you go and do. Echo. You, I'm doing this for you, now you do it for others. Now, our response to who we are in Christ, to what God's done for us, has to be thinking generations. It has to be. It has to be. Do you know, I think the most effective way you can live your life is backwards. Start here. What do you want them to say about you when you're dead? Imagine this is your funeral. I'm up here. I was going to say, I've done some of your funerals, but I couldn't have done your funerals. Funerals of family and things like that, because that would be weird. <laughs> Think about what do you want them saying about you? Oh, he was a really good cricketer. Yeah, he was amazing at cricket. Always smelt really nice at her house. Like a hospital. Floors are really clean. Roses, oh my goodness, the roses. Or would you rather him say, yeah, that guy changed my life. An encounter with that guy is actually the reason why I'm here today. Well, that guy, he spoke to that guy. He spoke to me, and that's why I'm here. That guy, he's the one in the kids' church. That's the reason why my son's kicked on and is living for God. What do you want him to say about you? What do you want him to say about you? He also ran. He made a difference in my life. He made a difference in this generation. He made a difference in the generations to come. That's the response. As we're in this building fund, you've got to understand where this thing came from. This, this, this whole thing was birthed with legacy in mind. This started when Melissa and I were talking about it was around the same time as we knew we needed to have, uh, we, we knew we needed a building for our church for, because we knew we needed to be able to hand things on. We knew we needed to be able to have things for our kids. We knew we needed a footprint in the community, a permanent footprint. We knew that. And at the same time, Melissa and I were talking in our own personal life about being better parents, about what we wanted left for our kids. And we looked at what we had and we were able to put together a sum of money. And we were saying, okay, God, what can we do with this to, to bless our kids for the future? And do you know what we felt God say? Sold it all into the building fund. And I'm not suggesting you do that, but I want to tell you how this building fund was birthed. The, the DNA of, this, of, this, of, of what we're doing here. It was birthed in legacy. It was birthed in sowing for the generations. It was birthed in desiring to see our children, our children not having to start from scratch, our children not having to, to lift weights that, that, that we're lifting. I'm not saying they won't lift weights. They can go further than we're going. They, they, why, don't, why, why don't instead of them starting from scratch, they stand on our shoulders and go further? Why, why don't instead of starting from, from square one, they, they start from square 10 and go on? 
That's where this was started. That's where this was birthed. And if we're going to get a revelation of who we are in Christ, that has to be our mindset. What about instead of people starting from square one, they start miles down the road. Where we finish is where they start. Or halfway along, is that's their starting point. Instead of having to start again. I know as someone who started from scratch, do you know what? My parents started from scratch. Do you know what? Their parents started from scratch. Why don't we break the cycle? Why don't we break the cycle? Why don't our kids, our next generation doesn't start from scratch? What about our kids when we're moving on? They're in their own building. They're they're building. They're increasing. Who knows what that's going to look like? But I believe that it's not going to look like starting from scratch. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, guys. Let's pray. Lord, we commit the generations to you. We are determined to leave a legacy, Father. We are legacy people, God. We are generational thinkers. God, I thank you that a good man, a good woman, leaves an inheritance not just for their children, but for their children's children. And I prophesy over our children that they are good men and women and they will leave an inheritance for their children's children and it will echo through the generations. And I declare that what is done today will echo through time. I declare that what is done today, the faith statements made today will echo through time, not just to our children, but to our grandchildren, not just to their, into their children and their grandchildren. Lord, we know that you love us. We know that, God, that you died for our sin, that you poured out everything on that cross for us. And we believe, God, that that, that empowered us to change this world. Lord, I pray that on the day that we are walking into glory, that the people are still here on earth talking about us are remembering how we served you, remembering how we changed lives, remembering how we impacted life and earth for eternity. And Lord, I declare that even as we give today, as we pledge today, that in a small way, this is in a small way, we are impacting eternity for many, for the generations. In Jesus' name. You're so good, Father. You're so good, Father God. I just want to, before we go any further, if you, I've talked about how God died for you. He loved you so much. He gave everything to, and, and took your penalty and, and offered you His righteousness, His perfection. If you've never entered into that and accepted that perfection from Jesus, now's your chance. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I just want, if you're watching online, I want you to, listening I want you to this is for you too just repeat after me church if you want to make this decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and to start this new life repeat after me guys dear God I turn from my ways I follow you forgive me for all of my sin I believe that you died and on the third day you were raised again and you're sitting by the right hand of the Father even today and Lord I choose to take my place with you in Jesus name
Amen.